Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now Podcast, where we educate motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. Mark Perna is the founder and CEO of TFC in Cleveland, Ohio, a full-service strategic consulting firm whose mission is to share and support every client's passion for making a difference. A graduate of John Carroll University, Mark has many years of experience addressing industry leaders on the topic of expanding their reach in an increasingly global marketplace. As a noted expert on generations Y and Z, Mark has devoted his career to empowering educators and employers to unleash the tremendous potential of today's young people both in the classroom and on the job. All right, let's dig in. All right, Mark, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Perfect, perfect. First of all, Mark, as we do every single week, I want to say thank you for taking the time out to talk with us. There are a number of places that you could have been, but you're here with us sharing your knowledge and experience. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's my honor to be here, Elsie. The second thing I'd like to do is ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, feel free to go all the way back to where it all started, day one, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> uh, well, I'm an international generational expert. It goes way back, uh, you know, currently uh, 57 years old, but I started the uh, current company that I have about 24 years ago. I've been a single dad of uh, two millennials who are today 30 and 32 years old. I've got two grandkids and uh, I've got a very successful business and I'm an international speaker, best-selling and award-winning author. Uh, I keep uh, running all the time and I am uh, probably, I am booked about a year in advance on uh, all the consulting time and things I do with organizations across North America. So I love what I do every day. It's a, it's a challenge, but a fun challenge. So with that, what would you say your favorite thing to do is? I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but I always like to hear the answer. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, my favorite thing to do these days is, uh, is to do what I'm doing. I love to speak in front of an audience. Um, you know, I, I write, I've written over 40 articles in national publications. And like I said, I do, you know, I do over 70 keynote speeches a year. And so I just, I have such a passion for that because back in 1996, when I started this company, I, you know, I was, uh, I was not doing well financially. And I said, I'm going to build the life that I want to live and I'm going to, I'm going to create the job I would love to have. Uh, 
And what I really ended up creating over that, you know, 23, 24 year span is uh, I've created the adventure that I've always wanted to have. So, you know, every day it is unique. I get to make a difference uh, in people's lives and, you know, educators and employers and, and teaching them how to unleash passion, purpose and performance in younger generations. And so I do that through a myriad of ways. And I just, I have such a passion for it. In fact, Kelsey, people ask me all the time, you know, like, you know, Mark, you're, you're 57 years old, you know, like, you know, do you have an eye on retirement? Do you want to retire? And I kind of laugh at them and I go, guys, it's taken me 57 years to become an overnight success. Uh, I am not in a hurry to, to, to wish this away. So I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this for everything it's worth. You glossed over something. And a lot of times when people are, um, are experts, they just kind of take things for granted. So I'm going to back us up a little bit. You said that you decided to build the life you wanted to live. Yep. You have got to dig deeper on that. Yeah. Back in 1996, uh, I, I was going through a tough year. It was one of the toughest years of my life. Uh, I had gone through, uh, through a bankruptcy, uh, went through a divorce, uh, became a single dad of a nine and seven year old, uh, weighed over 400 pounds and I wasn't making nearly enough money each month. It was a tough, tough time. And so, uh, you know, I, I took the time to, you know, kind of refocus my life and, and I was able to ask the question, you know, what, what would life look like if I really wanted to build it in a way that uh, would allow me to thrive? And, and I decided, you know, I love to speak in front of people. So I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be able to do speaking and I, I knew I had to take care of my kids and I, and this was the time to start building uh, a business that would serve you know, me through the rest of my life and then ultimately one day hopefully serve them as well. Um, so I lost 175 in 13 months. I lost 175 pounds. I started this company and in 23 years, you know, I've become an international speaker, a best selling and award winning author. Uh, I've become a thought leader on the topic of younger generations in the workplace and education and the home. Uh, you know, all of these things are happening. Uh, you know, just, just last week, I was invited by uh, Forbes.com to uh, become a regular contributor with them uh, to write articles on this subject. So, it, you know, it's, it's remarkable what happens if you, you know, start building towards the, the life that you want to have, you know, things end up falling into place. Now it's taken me 23 years, but, uh, but I'm at the point now where every, I use every failure that I've had in my life, uh, to help me, you know, truly appreciate and be grateful for where things are today. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm very grateful. So you mentioned in your answer uh, that you've had failures and that you've overcome challenges. What? How do you approach challenges to overcome them? Um, with every, well, see, I you know, I guess the, the easiest way for me to do this is what I speak about on, on the road and what I wrote into my book, Answering Why. I call it the Branch Creek moment of life. You know, if you can imagine yourself going up in a tree, you know, just climbing a tree. This happened to me when I was ten years old. I went up very high up into a tree, went out on a really firm limb. And while I was standing on the limb, the limb underneath me cracked. I mean, if you could imagine what that feels like, you know, when you, when you hear it underneath you and you almost feel it like a pitchfork through your body as the branch starts to give way. Well, you know, at that moment of peril, there are three things that happen. And this is the metaphor I use for everything in my life. And I teach this to audiences. Three things that happen. Number one, you become singularly focused. Doesn't matter what stresses and challenges you had getting into the tree. You're now focused on the task at hand. Second thing that happens is you start strategic planning. How are you going to get out of this? And how do you get back to the safety of the trunk? What are you going to grab? Where are you going to fall? Third thing that happens is you take action 
Uh, and all three of those things, focus, plan, and action, happen literally in the blink of an eye. Well, I, you know, I believe that the branch creaks in our lives many times. Anytime there is a fear of loss or a sense of urgency, the branch creaks underneath us a little bit and it forces us to focus the plan and to take action. And I believe that those are the moments that make all the difference in the world because it's at those moments that we actually become uncomfortable. And I believe that growth in our lives happen when, in fact, we're uncomfortable, almost never when we're comfortable. So I, I welcome those times. And so in 1996, I had the biggest branch creak of my life with all of those things that were going on. And it forced me to focus the plan and to take action. And that's made all the difference in my life. Now, when I am ever faced, you know, um, faced with a challenge or something in my life isn't going according to plan today or this week or this month or whatever, um, I always take a step back and I go, this is a good thing. There's something positive here. I have to focus. I have to plan. I have to take action. And every time I do that, it gives me a new perspective on the challenges that arise each day. Awesome. Awesome. So switching is just a tad bit. Um, and, and I love ask, asking this question just because of the, the different answers that I get. Uh, if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be and what would you say to them? Wow, what a great question. I would love to meet and have dinner with Ron Howard. I just, uh, I'm a big fan. I think he's a remarkable storyteller. And, uh, and he's, uh, he was born on my birthday. He's just eight years older than me. But I would love to uh, meet him and talk about some of the remarkable stories that he's told on film. We've learned a lot about you, the Branch Creek moments in your life. Tell us about your business. What do you do? So uh, I own a company called TFS. Uh, we're a uh, you know an international communication and, and strategic uh, initiatives company. I, you know I work. I do a lot of consulting with educational organizations and business organizations on how to you know recruit, engage, retain, and increase performance in the younger generations. So I'm constantly working to try to get people to understand that you know the younger generations are the most incredible generations to come down the pike, which is why I'm in so demand today because I. I have a different view than most people do uh, in America today. Most people think that young people are lazy and entitled. I go completely the other way. I think anyone 39 and younger in this country are the most incredible generations to come down the pike. I think they're the most you know, intelligent, resourceful, and pitbull-like generations that we have ever seen in this country. When they see a want to in their life, they will move heaven and earth to get to that want to. Our challenge, of course, as parents, educators, and employers is getting them to want something. So what I work with with organizations and and, you know, whether it's educational or, or workforce development is how do you, you know, understand what they're thinking? How, you know, wh why do they think what they think? What makes them tick? And then how do you best engage, connect and answer their why uh, as to why something is happening so that they can come along for the ride? You know, they need to see the vision. They need to see the purpose in order to be able to move forward. So that's what I do every day. I've got 23, roughly 23 people now that support what I do across North America. Uh, and uh, and we are we're, we're, we're crushing it out there. I've got an amazing team of people that are constantly giving 100%, uh, and they, they actually push me further and faster. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have brought wonderful people on board. Talk about the differences a little bit. You're, you're, you mentioned the younger generation and how you feel that they, uh, they're an amazing, intelligent, uh, resourceful uh, generation. Talk about some of the differences and, and why the, those challenges or perceptions exist. 
Well, usually when I talk about the younger generations, I'm talking about two generations. I'm talking about Generation Y millennials uh, followed up uh, underneath them by Generation Z coming up right behind them. Generation Z goes from fetus to 18 years old. Generation Y millennials go 19 to 39 years old. And I call the kind of the whole group generation, uh, the younger generations. Uh, they have some remarkable similarities and there are also some stark differences. For example, Generation Z which goes fetus to 18 years old, is significantly more pragmatic than their Generation Y millennial counterparts ever were. They're actually concerned about their future in a way that you may not always see it on their face, but it's going on in their head. They're wondering what's really possible in their life. They're a little bit jaded at times because they wonder where can they go and how can they get there. Uh, they're very debt averse. You know, They don't want to go off to, to college and get a lot of debt that they may not uh, need to have. Uh, they are also predicted to be the largest entrepreneurial generation in history with nearly 80% of them already reporting that they want to be their own boss, which in America today is something you can actually pull off today. Technology exists with, you know, Shopify and all these other, you know, platforms, Amazon and so on that you know, young people today can be their own boss, but this has tremendous ramifications in, in workforce development with, uh, with, you know, business and industry out there looking to create workforce of the future. Uh, if a lot, if, you know, if a significant portion of the next generation coming along in the workforce wants to do things their own way, that's going to create quite the, an additional skills gap that we're going to have to deal with in this country. So I work with organizations to try to close that. That's a fascinating point that you brought out. Um, a couple of things. You, you mentioned the largest entrepreneurial generation. I was literally sharing with my, my daughter. She uh, has the pleasure or um, pain of listening to her dad talk about this stuff sometimes. And we were just talking about how back in the old days, uh, before everything was, you could go to Walmart and get your fruit, your vegetables, your meat, your et cetera, et cetera. Everyone was kind of a business owner in a sense, right? You you grew your own food, you made your own clothes. And now uh, what I see is we're kind of moving back to that where a lot of people are going to be um, uh, working from home or remotely or doing, uh, as you said, their own thing. And that flies in the face of, of how we're currently structured, uh, you know, uh, working remotely, uh, the entrepreneurship. So talk a little bit about that. How are how are organizations shifting to accommodate that? Well, I'll give you a great example in my own organization. Uh, you know, I've, the 23 uh, people that support what I do, uh, most of them are all uh, at home and work remotely to, to what I do. Uh, we don't have a big office. We've got an office, but only one, uh, really one and, and a second person go to the office occasionally. Even I'm never there. So we do things completely remotely. And I think this is a, a fantastic business model because, uh, you know, I've brought people on the team very wisely. I've never had anybody leave and I've never had to let anybody go. So I've only grown. I've never gone backwards or sideways, if you will. Uh, and everybody works incredibly hard and I never have to manage anybody. Um, they all have the complete freedom to work, you know, within their lifestyles, uh, understanding how important lifestyle is to everyone. So I never ask anyone to work outside normal Monday through Friday, typical business hours. And yet they work nights, weekends, holidays, vacation times, because they're all in and buy into the vision that we're going to transform both education and workforce development in this country. 
so the more you know employers uh, can connect the dots to a vision uh, that someone wants to join in on so that they can take pride in their contribution to accomplishing something bigger that's a great thing but you know for those that want to start their own business and work from home um, you know generation Z is also you know I think I call the younger generations really they're they're born purchasing agents for instance with my kids uh, you know who are 30 and 32 today I don't care what I buy my kids tell me I could have bought it cheaper somewhere else they just know where to go they know where to get the coupon they know where it's a little bit less expensive they know how to buy you know frugally um, or with frugality I'm not even sure the right way to say that <laughs> it's a word it's a word if you I, use it Mark <laughs> yeah I think so and I think I and I think I used it with some passion so I think we're good uh, <laughs> You know, but, uh, but, but they, they understand how to do those things. And, you know, and that, you know, that's why I think they're so intelligent. They're so resourceful and they, you know, they really know what they want. But having said that, if you can be more economical and you can be a really great purchasing agent, you can actually slim down your life, which is what many young people want to do. They don't want to take on a lot of debt. They don't want to buy a big house. They want to live, you know, uh, in a, in a smaller locale and maybe have more experiences in their life and travel. You can run a business, you know, in this country, you can, you can buy and sell and, you know, and you can, you can go out and buy, you know, things today and put it on Amazon and you're making the split between what you paid for it and what you can sell it for, just like any other business. And you, you can make money and support yourself if you work hard. I mean, you know, there's a caveat to this because you know this, right? We, you know, you have to work hard. You have to be a go-getter. You have to be willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. You still must succeed at it. And, uh, and if they see a light at the end of the tunnel, they'll work hard to pull that off. If they don't, they won't be in business very long. Got it. One, one thing that, um, I want to touch on before we wrap up here, um, the old saying goes, time flies when you're having fun. You mentioned vision and getting people to buy into that vision. And when you do that, you don't have to ask. You don't have to micromanage or, or um, you know, plead for people to work harder and work longer. Um, they just get it done because they buy into the vision. How do you do that? Well, you got to get people to understand that there's purpose in what they do. So, uh, you know, I'll give you a good example of this. Um, you know, Deloitte did a uh, study, you know, I don't know, now it's probably 2024. 20 some months ago. Um, but they did a, they did a project where they surveyed, um, you know, the generation Y millennials in the workplace and, and generation Z coming up, you know, anyone that's in part of the workforce. And what they found is pretty astonishing to me. They found that 68% of, uh, people in that women in that workforce and 64% of males in that part of the workforce, which is now, you know, that that's an average of 66%. That's two thirds of what is today the largest working generations in this country plan to leave their current job within the next three years. Plan to leave their current job. That's, this is a cataclysmic shift in workforce development. The number one reason given is what's most telling to me. It was the number one reason given by far, uh, and it's not boredom. The reason they want to leave their current jobs is because they no longer, this is key, Elsie, right? They no longer want to work in an organization where pursuit of the almighty dollar is the only outcome. They want to work in an organization that has vision. They want to work in an organization that has purpose. They want to work in an organization where the pride of their contribution will actually add to the greater good, which quite frankly, I don't think is a bad thing in any way, shape or form. But business and industry in this country is going to struggle to create vision that far exceeds simple shareholder value and making money. So there must be some kind of give back to the community. There must be some kind of way that you're allowing their contribution to add to something 
you know, remarkable. And however you can do that, however you can accomplish that, um, that's what gives them vision. And that's how you stop the revolving door going in and out of your organization. Um, yes, they love experiences because experience is everything to them. But making a difference and connecting their efforts to something bigger than themselves is also key and important, too. Perfect. So wrapping things up, if you had to give the enterprisers an actionable step to improve their businesses today, what would that be? They have to answer why for everything they're doing with young people. So anyone 39 or younger, if they ask you, uh, why should I do something? Like you, you ask them to do something and they look back and you say, well, why should we do it this way? Um, you have to give them the answer because if your answer uh, is the good old American because I said so, they will actually go from a growth mindset to a fixed mindset and actually shut down a little bit. They are looking for a way to, why do we do this? Because what they're really saying to you is, hey, look, you know what? I'm unique. I'm special. and I'm important. I'm intelligent. I'm resourceful. I know how to use technology. Why do we do it this way? Because there has to be a better way to do this. There must be a way to use, you know, do something in the cloud. There must be a way to use Google something. There must be a way to get a bigger impact. Uh, and so if you want to connect, engage, you must answer the why of the younger generations. You must be able to connect with them in a way that allows them to see um you know what it is and then row them on board the solution process and they will come along because they want to solve it. Awesome. Mark, if people want to learn even more about your company, um, your book and what it is that you guys do, how can they do that? Best way to reach me is via my website at markcperna.com. C is my middle initial. So it's M-A-R-K-C dot com. Uh, there's information on my award-winning best-selling book called Answering Why, Unleashing Passion, Purpose, and Performance in Younger Generations. There's also information there on my journey where I'm speaking around the country, how they can connect with me. There's also a web form where someone can reach out and say, hey, um, you know, so there's lots of ways to get a hold of me via there and all my social media links are there as well. Fantastic. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you, Elsie. Great chatting with you. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.